Hello, welcome to the Hodeg Show. This is a podcast about all things Hodeg. History, heritage, culture, and current events. We're your hosts, Carrie Bladorn. And I'm Ben Burnell. So crack open your favorite Wisconsin beverage, grab a bag of cheese curds, and get ready for... The Hodeg Show! Hodeg Kings, Hodeg Petting Zoo and Sanctuary. Oh, yeah, I love it down there. Haven't you ever been down there before, Carrie? Yeah, I actually uh, just took my toddler over there a few weeks ago. Uh, don't have a toddler anymore, but it was a great visit, wonderful visit. Saw lots of Hodegs. You didn't have to visit the medical tent at all? I didn't, know. Okay, that's good, 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 good. Some other visitors I saw might have. Okay. So, anyways, uh, yeah, welcome to the Hodeg Show, folks. Hodeg Show, episode two. Yeah, I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie. And today we are going to talk about Hodeg stories, tales, and legends. We're going to briefly chat about the well-known Hodeg tales. If you come to Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and you talk to locals, you know these are some of the stories that you're going to hear. Also, we'll talk about the you know common, popular stories that we've heard growing up here in Rhinelander. Okay, yeah. so first up on our magical Hodeg Show whiteboard over here is uh, the first article. Uh, it seems like Hodegs were talked about, discussed in logging and lumber camps for a while through the 1800s. But the first published article by Gene Shepard, creator of the Rhinelander Hodeg, was in 1893 in the New North newspaper. And I'm just going to read through that article just to kind of give everybody a sense, you know, of the beginning. Yeah, I read through that earlier today, and that was uh, pretty interesting, actually. So, yeah, why don't you go ahead and give us a little read of that, Gary? So the article is is titled Capture of the Hodag, and it's it has a pen name. It says written by Snake Editor, who is actually Eugene Shepard. Uh, how he picked that name up uh, to write with, I'm, I'm not quite positive. But uh, we'll get into the story here. It begins, Since the Hodag was seen the other day, there has been considerable... No, i I got to say before I go on any further, Gene has a, a way of writing that's, I don't know, it's old school, if you will. It's kind of like we're trying to re- read somebody's 1800s penmanship. And the the typeface on this article is... It's not easy. I sent this article uh, to Ben, and I think we both had had a hard time. Yeah, it, was, it was a little difficult to read earlier. <laughs> but it, it continues. Uh, considerable many hunters out all aspiring to capture one, and those who are lucky enough not to see one are to be congratulated. 
but not so with the party that started out Sunday morning. Among them were the best hunters of the Poverty Hill and Logtown districts. Those were neighborhoods in Rhinelander at the time. Uh, you know on the west side of Davenport Street, you go up that hill? That whole area was called Poverty Hill at one time. Oh, past so, the paper mill there? Right. So I, don't, I, I would imagine that's where, that's where you'd find the toughest of Rhinelander residents, you know, if you're going to go on a hoday hunt. <clears throat> they were all well-armed with heavy rifles and large-bore squirt guns loaded with poisonous water. Is it water they got from possibly like the paper mill or something? Yeah, some some poisonous water source. Although this would have been before the paper mill. Okay. And they have a, a world-class effluent plant at the paper mill now, so it just uh, releases some of the cleanest water that you can find on Earth. It probably got it from a poisonous well, a poison well. Where else would you get poisonous water from, I guess? Large bore squirt guns. I did not know super soakers had been invented yet, but apparently so. Yeah, that's an interesting little tidbit. <laughs> yes, it is. They came upon their game in a tamarack swamp, and but few of the dogs would even attempt to tackle the brute. Those that did are scattered about the place in small fragments. Gene uh, spares no descriptive words during this story. The party commended a regular fusillade until their guns got too hot to longer hold in their hands and then they drew their knives and sailed in followed by a great crowd who were well armed the rest of the party had commenced piling up birch bark around the brute and throwing a few sticks of dynamite and by this time the fight got pretty hot as the hodag had become so infuriated that it began slashing down timber which was falling in every direction and made it dangerous for the now furious hunters, and the black tar coal smoke, which the Hodeg's breath had turned into, mixed with the sickening odor of the mangled dogs, was beginning to suffocate the now very much excited party. <laughs> it, it goes on. The roars emitted from the brute as the fire reached him, which had now become so hot that his claws were red hot, were deafening. Occasionally, the loud crash and awful report of a big stick of the explosives mingled with the clatter of the rifles, howlings of the dogs, falling trees, and yells of the besieged bloodthirsty hunters, and the hissing sounds of the big squirt guns worked by men who swore that they would have the honor and destruction of killing the first black hodag in the state, and all was over save the finishing process of burning the brute. Uh, Gene seems to like that like that word brute in description of, of hoed eggs. Yeah, we'll have to start using it a little bit more. Yeah, the big, the brute. I like it. Let's see here. The animal weighed 185 pounds, 7 feet long, and they needed to burn the beast for nine hours to put out the dangerous tail that it's in its nature is armed with the most deadly hooks imaginable and is now an exhibition here, presumably Rhinelander. The hoed egg is a terrible brute. There it is again. 
It is generally well understood among lumberjacks that when an ox is butchered or accidentally killed in the woods, that spirit turns into a hodag, and the hodag thus formed assumes the same color of the oxen and roams about the country formerly occupied by the ox in his summer outings. So a little backstory on that one. They used oxen in the lumber camps in those days. They just treated these animals so poorly. Um, You know, they were like a tractor of their day. And so they'd work all winter long, and then in the summertime they would just be set out into the woods near the lumber camp. Like they'd put a cowbell on them, and then they'd just wander around the woods all summer long until the lumber crew came back in the fall and uh, retrieved them, you know, gathered up the oxen and began work. So that's probably where that idea comes from here. The hodag assumes the strength of the ox, the ferocity of a bear, the cunning of a fox, and the sagacity, I don't even know if that's a word or if I'm saying it correctly, of a Hindu snake, and is truly the most to be feared of all the animals that lumbermen come in contact with. The accompanying cut, there's a a woodcut picture accompanying the newspaper article, is a true representation of one of the black variety. So it sounds like the first hodag discovered and attempted captured was the black hodag. And that concludes this article, the first published article about hodags by Dean Shepard. And that was in what, the New North newspaper? New North newspaper, 1893. So around this time, he also owned a resort up on Ballard Lake near Star Lake, Wisconsin, kind of Boulder Junction area. And a lot of the old uh, pioneering folk of that era remember Gene Shepard as, you know, carrying on about this creature. Really where he began the mythology of hodags. Well, that was quite an interesting news article, I must say. Yeah, it had some interesting tidbits in it, uh, details that maybe people aren't quite so familiar with. Uh, touched on a lot of the classic lines that we're familiar with uh, when it comes to Hode tall tale telling. And then between 1893 and 1896, it's assumed that Gene Shepard, as he was such a good storyteller, just continued to, to tell these stories and... You know, one aspect about Hodag legends and tales that that we know about is Gene never told the Hodag legends the same twice. You know, he's always adding different details or changing the story up. So those stories that were passed on, you know, in the in the oral history record, um, they come kind of in different parts and pieces. And uh, a lot of those we kind of heard growing up visiting or living in Hodag country. You want to talk a little bit about uh, the second capturing occurred? So, and in the second capturing in, of the Hodag in 1896, Gene went out into the woods with his posse of lumberjacks, and he brought along some pet white bulldogs, and they cornered the beast into a little den, into a little pit, and they st- took a chloroform-soaked rag and stuck it on the end of a pike pole and stuffed it down into the pit and knocked out the hoed egg. And then they dragged it out. Then they put it in a cage and throw it on a horse-drawn wagon and bring it back to town. Yeah, a good horse-drawn wagon, oxen-drawn wagon, a wagon of some variety. 
And then what, shortly after that, he they brought it to the Oneida County Fair, didn't he? Yeah, so, you know, that first the first attempt to capture a hoed egg in 1893, what failure, total, total failure. They burned it to a crisp, nothing but charred remains. But, yeah, the second capturing in 1896, three years later, they the, pulled it off. And this one, they planned to show it off, and that they did. Hundreds of, what, thousands of people came to see it at the fair, didn't they? Yeah, that would have been the first Oneida County Fair uh, held here in the county seat of Rhinelander, uh, Oneida County, Wisconsin. And it was a huge hit. People came from all over to, to see this creature. Um, Didn't he kind of like set up like basically like a little sideshow freak show act yeah. with a hoed egg? Yeah, and early, early uh, sideshow. That's exactly what yeah, it was. Kind of like a P.T. Barnum style act uh, involving the hoed egg. I can imagine Gene Shepard was just a wonderful carnival barker. Oh, well, after hearing his news article he wrote, I could only imagine the tales he could tell. He claimed to make uh, $500. Uh, he charged a dime to see the hoed egg. And he claimed to make $500 that weekend at the Oneida County Fair. And I just, I'm going to pull up a calculator, an inflation calculator. I'm just kind of curious, how, how much money is that in today's terms? 1893, I'm going to guess $6,000. Uh, you were pretty close, about $4,000 okay. in 1896. But that doesn't adjust really for cost of living. Point being, it uh, that was a lot of money, you know, that he allegedly made during the the first showcasing of the great pine beast and didn't it go kind of viral in the newspapers after that kind of it was the newspapers from like new york to california yeah so the next year in 1897 uh gene had continued to like write little blurbs for newspapers and they got picked up and newspapers across the country ran articles about this beast that Gene Shepard had captured in northern Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, it really encouraged people. It intrigued people and it encouraged them to, to come up to the northwoods of Wisconsin, you know, to this magical place uh, in the forests among the glacial lakes of the northwoods. And, you know, the hodag was, was one of those things that brought people, but it was the environs that then they fell in love with and, and stayed with up here. So we talked about the stories that Gene Shepard told, um, but there are lots of details that get discussed. You know, when you're a little kid and you're visiting Rhinelander, you're growing up in Rhinelander, and you hear about stories that, you know, you had mentioned white bulldogs. That's always a, a popular component. Yeah, that's something people are always curious about. They want to know more about why the Hodeg likes white bulldogs so much. Yeah, I think the tagline has always been that Gene Shepard fed the hoed egg, its favorite meal of white bulldogs, uh, but only on Sundays. And, uh, you know, apparently after all the white bulldogs in town disappeared, then it, it turned its ferocious jaws on, on farm animals, cows, sheep, chickens. No farm animal was safe. And I, another part of that story is that when you're a little kid and you're staying at a resort or a campground or a cottage up here in the Northwoods, that's often a deterrent uh, to keep you out of the woods at night. You know, you're not going to wander off too far from the campsite if there are hoed eggs about, you know, 
ready to devour. Yeah, I remember uh, back in the day in Boy Scout or Cub Scout camp uh, outside of town here, uh, the counselors out there would tell tales of the hodeg out in the woods around the campsites and stuff. So we talked about the large boar squirt guns with poisonous water and the use of dynamite, the pike pole, the chloroform. But uh, one thing I don't think was mentioned in these stories, which gets talked about a lot, is that they took out some bear wrestlers to capture the hodeg. That's seems like everybody that talks about hodeg captures stories includes the you know famous bear wrestlers of the Northwoods. I suppose if you were going to go out to capture a monster in the woods. I mean, I'd want to bring some bear wrestlers with me, too. Yeah. Who else it would you take? It sounds safe. Yeah, absolutely. So, white bulldogs, bear wrestlers, large boar squirt guns with poisonous water. Where do you go and find bear wrestlers in 1893? I would imagine down in the hollow. That was where all the lumberjack taverns were at the time. It wasn't there like, what, 57 lumberjack saloons down there? 57, 22, 63. I guess it depends on what year you were down in the hollow. Those saloons, I think, they... they Came and go pretty quick. Yeah, they popped up and disappeared just as quickly. So another part about Hodeg legends that that I've heard, I, this must have been from a winter capture story maybe, but they talk about taking... Uh, ski jumpers, professional ski jumpers, since they seem to have an ability, strange ability to capture hodags, if you will. And I, I don't know why that's that's a little part of the story too. Ski jumpers, you say, huh? I like downhill skiing. Does that count? And hodags? It does. Huh. Yeah, interesting. It, it counts. <laughs> Another thing too. Uh, what's the deal with the lemons, carry? Yeah, somewhere along the lines, a, a story about hodags being, you know, kind of like lemons were the kryptonite, you know? Yeah. Kryptonite, kryptonite is to Superman, lemons are to hodags. So a little bit of, you know, a little lemon spritzer. Yeah, kind of like uh, in the previous episode, we had Uncle Jimbo's hodag repellent. That's a yeah. lemon-scented uh, repellent. There had to be a reason for that, and that's that's it. That's the okay. reason. So, you know, in, in modern times, uh, people talk about hodags. Like if a fish gets loose, you, you know, you're out musky fishing and the fish gets off its li- off the line, you would say that, you know, hodag came and grabbed it. Or you're out on the golf course, your golf egg, ball disappears, obviously snatched up by a hodag. Yeah, hodag took it. Yeah. And then there's a um, hundred different ways to describe hodags. You know, first of all, they're a fur-bearing creature. Gene Shepard they said they had uh, the the face of a head of an elephant, face of a frog, and of course they're oxen-like, so they have stout arms and legs, dew claws. They always have dew claws, razor sharp claws. Yeah, razor sharp claws. Oxen-like horns, tusks for teeth. You know, all the depictions of hodags seem to have kind of like a a little bit of a flat face almost bulldog like if you will yeah i would say so and then a mouthful of just you know gnarly teeth and then horns down its back spikes down its back primeval prehistoric in nature lizard like yes egg laying you know just some more of the words to describe what what hodags look like and gene had mentioned in his his article that 
they kind of took on the colors of the oxen maybe that their spirit was from. So you could have brown hoed eggs, white hoed eggs, black hoed eggs, uh, green hoed eggs. I guess that's a popularly depicted color. Why? Why is that? The green hoed eggs. Yeah. How did you know? A lot of people want to know how did the hoed eggs appearance go from being black to green. A lot of the early day ones are black, and now a lot of them. You see the one right on your T-shirt right now. It's green. Yeah, that's a green one. Well, I'm looking around Ben's place here right now, and there's. I don't know. There's quite a few green hoed eggs. More green ones than black ones. Yeah. So why is it? Well, I then it had to do with the uh, the high school and their uh, school colors. They were green and white, and they were adopting the hoed egg as the mascot. And uh, one thing had to change, either the color of the hoed egg or the school's colors. And, uh, well, I guess you can take a guess at which one it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, If your school colors are green or green and white, um, changing them to black would be not very exciting. No. So in 1918 is when uh, the school adopted uh, officially or unofficially the Hodag as its mascot. Uh, and the first yearbook called The Hodag came out. Did you get a Hodag yearbook when you... We're in high school, Ben? Yeah, I got, well, I had four of them. All four? You got all four? Yeah, I got all four of them. Uh, there's a collection of the Hodag yearbooks at uh, the Rhinelander Public Library. I think they have a full set, and uh, they're they're an awesome publication. I have uh, quite a few, actually, um, in a private Hodag collection, not at the store, but I think I got close to maybe like 20 of them. That's awesome. Of older years, I don't know, it's like... 30s, 40s, 50s, something like that. So there's no documented story about how that all occurred. That That's all, you know, oral history that's been passed down, uh, information that you just gather up by researching hoed eggs and talking to a lot of people that, that color change. Certainly now the hoed egg is known more as being the green beast, the green monster of the Northwoods than it is of being black. And I think that... It's also interesting to note that older residents tend to prefer black oat eggs and, you know, uh, newer residents of the area or visitors that are just learning about hoed eggs tend to prefer a, a green-furred monster. Which I would imagine a green hoed egg would blend into its pine forest surroundings. Yeah, a little bit more camouflage. Could hide up in the trees. Yeah. Well, Benny, I think we covered some of the stories, the tales, the legends about how the Hodag developed, how Gene Shepard developed his stories. Talked a little bit about what the Hodag looks like. And I would I would conclude this episode too under the title Hodag Stories, Tales and Legends. Well Carrie, do you know what time it is? I think it's time for the day of the day. Well Carrie, what's the day of the day this week? Today's Dag of the Day, Episode 2's Dag of the Day, is what is referred to as the Ed Stoltz Specimen, which is housed at Pioneer Park Historical Complex in the famous Rhinelander Logging Museum. And its origin is that it was a replica carved by a gentleman named Ed Stoltz, who lived in Rhinelander. Stories mention that the original Hodags burned up in fires, and uh, that fits right into today's topic. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. But 
in later years, Ed Stoltz took photos of the original Hodag and, and made a replica carving, a wood carving. And it is now on display at the Logging Museum. It's uh, one of those well-known Hodag depictions. And uh, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, when they first displayed that Hodag, it was over at the Pioneer Parks or the Logging Museum's original location by the paper mill, correct? And they had it like in a little box out front in the lawn, kind of, and you could see it as you drive by? Yeah, I hate to call it a cage. It's more like a case, a display case, that was out front of the original Logging Museum by the paper mill on Davenport Street. And then when the museum moved over to Pioneer Park in the mid-50s, they brought the hodag and the case over. Uh, there's a little story behind that in that Ed Stoltz was moving out of town at that time. And he had loaned the hodag carving to the city you know, for display on, at the logging museum. And when he moved, he wanted to take it with him. He said that he just couldn't afford to leave it and you know, take that as you will if he was maybe falling on hard times or needed the money to move or just was trying to make a few extra bucks before he got out of Dodge, so to speak. But community members in Rhinelander put together a fundraiser, and in those days, in the mid-50s, it was nickels and dimes, you know, a big-time dollar donation here and there to raise the money to buy that hodag, the Ed Stoltz specimen, from Ed Stoltz before he left town. And uh, they succeeded. And it's been on display at the museum for 70 years-ish. Yeah, it's got to be the oldest displayed hodag in town still, right? Yeah, it's certainly the oldest original replica, you would say. You know, as close to the original as you can find. One big difference is that the original was covered in oxide. That's what gave it its furry appearance. And this one is just a wood carving. It doesn't, doesn't have any fur. Although it is black. Yeah. Well, let's turn to our, once again, our Magic Hodag Show whiteboard. And uh, up next we got Hodag Happenings. What, uh, what's going on in the wild world of Hodags in the next uh, several weeks here, Ben? Wow. Wild world of Hodags. We got a lot going on here. Tell uh, us about your event that took place a week or two ago. Your anniversary of your shop being open. Hot dogs and hot eggs. Hot dogs and hot eggs. Oh, hot, hot dog. Hot dog and hot eggs was a blast. Let me tell you. Was it a good turnout? Yeah, I would say quite a few people stopped by. Uh, gave away a lot of free hot dogs for lunch. Picked up a bunch of Rhinelander potato chips, free hot egg root beers. We uh, had our rideable hot egg out there. Quite a few people got their picture on. Yeah, Cedric, and, my son, and I. I think we were some of the first first people in line. I think you got the first hot dog of the day. Yeah, the first hot dog of the day. Yeah, and uh, we even had a special appearance by a very special hot dog hot egg. I saw that. It was a hot egg in a hot dog suit. <laughs> yeah, it was a hot egg in a hot dog suit, and people loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You can go on uh, the hot egg store's Facebook page and check out pictures of that if you'd like to. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it was a good time. And that was a four-year celebration? Yes, uh, four-year anniversary of the Hodag Store. The Hodag Store, selling all your finest dag schwag in the city of Rhinelander. So up next we have Hodag Heritage Days. That's happening this week, uh, May 16th through the 21st. There's Hodag stuff going on all over town, as if as if there isn't Hodag stuff going on around town on any other given day of the year. 
It, people are really going out yep. all out this this week. So if you'd like to find a list, a schedule of events of Hodag happenings during Hodag Heritage Week in Rhinelander, you can visit rhinelanderchamber.com slash hodag dash heritage. So again, that's www.rhinelanderchamber.com slash hodag dash heritage. And it will tell you all the fun stuff that's going on around town. Local businesses going to have Hodag-themed uh, merchandise, food, sales. Yeah, and you can go on our uh, Hodag Heritage Facebook page, too, and uh, you can find some more information and pictures and updates about things as well. Can you pick something out this week that's happening that's like your favorite Hodag Heritage Week thing going on? I, I know you know what mine's going to be. Oh. Think of anything? My favorite thing, honestly, I'm really excited about pancake breakfast. You're really excited about yeah, that? Yeah, I like it. hasn't happened in such a long time, and it's a good thing to bring back to the community. And uh, I'm kind of happy it's happening during our event. Yeah, that is. That'll be on May 21st, and we could talk more about Hodeg Heritage Festival happening on May 21st. But uh, throughout the week, um, the a la mode coffee shop has like a hodeg matcha tea green matcha tea special this week so things like that down at ct's deli they have my favorite sandwich around town the white bulldog sandwich and i think they're gonna have other things too uh shepherd shepherd's pie soup i think culver's is gonna do a hodeg shake right yeah that's right a green hodeg shake so just a couple of the you know, fun hodeg themed food items you can get around town this week, and I hope they'll be doing that white bulldog every day because I'm I'm gonna get down there a couple times this week. So yeah, hodeg heritage week happening right now through this weekend, May 21st, all culminating with with the big event, the hodeg heritage festival on May 21st. And Ben, you mentioned that that starts out with pancake breakfast. From 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., uh, you can come and eat there. You can eat under the big top, which is going to be set up. You can eat in the old logging museum if you want to pretend to be a real lumberjack. You can take pancakes to go, and that's uh, supported by Pioneer Park Historical Complex and the Rhinelander Masonic Lodge. And maybe you can pull up the the full schedule for that day, and we can just do a quick rundown of it because there's, there's so many exciting things happening this year. The schedule you said? Yeah, the second annual Hodeg Heritage Festival. Um, kudos to Rachel uh, Bainlin at the Chamber of Commerce and Lauren and, and everybody at the Chamber. Uh, ben and I have been working really hard to put this Hodeg Heritage Festival together. Uh, wonderful sponsors for the event this year. And uh, you got that schedule, Ben? Why don't you... Uh, why don't you just rattle it off? Okay, starting the day off of Hodeg Heritage Day on Saturday, May 21st, we got pancake breakfast from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. The Parks Museum will be open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. We'll be having... That's where you can see the Ed Stoltz dig. Yes, that is there. Is the whole complex going to be open? Uh, Logging Museum, I believe the Railroad Museum will be open, but certainly the Hodeg exhibit will be. 
Okay, and uh, we are going to have a Hodeg Heritage like grand entry ceremony at 10 a.m. Uh, followed with Hodeg Cryptid and Northwood style vendors from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. I think there was 17 and counting vendors. Uh, I think up. that's what Rachel said. So there's uh, quite a f- few people traveling from far away. Uh, we have Lisa from Cryptid Comforts. Uh, she's all the way from Washington. Who, uh, she moved to Colorado now. Well, Colorado, but still Washington. same difference. She's yeah. coming quite away. She lives mountains away, and she's coming all the way to the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Yes, and uh, we have uh, a friend I met on Instagram. Uh, I'm gonna hope I pronounce it right. Cryptoteology. Instagram pals, huh? Yeah, I find a lot of these friends on uh, Instagram. This people all over the country love hodags. They want to come and participate in this awesome hodag event, right? What else is on the docket for Saturday? Um, we have a free bounce house for the kids. Yeah, kids got to have something to do, uh, other hodag-related activities going on. And that's going to be from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, also, to the park has a playground, a um, bunch yep. of equipment, fun stuff for them to climb, jump around on, keep them busy. And isn't there going to be like some Hode Kids Craft? Yeah, uh, Hode Kids Craft. Like a little pavilion um, yeah. set up so there. So just a lot of Hode stuff for kids to participate in. And we really want to get the young folks involved. And at 11 a.m., we have paranormal author Chad Lewis. And he is going to be there as a guest speaker talking about the Hodeg and some lumberjack legends and lore creatures. Chad is well known in the cryptid world, the paranormal realm. He gets around, does a lot of speaking engagements. It's yeah. really cool he's coming up. I would say you could call him a Midwest cryptid expert. Okay, awesome. From noon to 7 p.m., the beer tent will be open. G- going to have... Hodag beers, Hodag ales from Rhinelander Brewing Company. Are they going to have their green beer there, or is that going to be just down at the brewery? I believe they're going to have their green beer there. Okay. you got to have it. But all kinds of Hodag-themed brew going to be happening at that Hodag beer garden. Get your calling voices ready, folks. High noon is the first ever Hodag calling contest. Yeah, really looking forward to that. I hope it's a good turnout. I'm excited. I'm going to be judging. Yeah, so. If you're listening to this, come on down Saturday at noon. Come down earlier. Stay later. But certainly come down for the calling contest and show us what you think a hoed egg sounds like. It's going to be a lot of fun. At noon 30, we have famous local hoed egg historian himself, Carrie Bladorn. Ah, yours truly. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're going to be speaking about the Hoday Carry? Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about its importance to the community, and I'd also like to speak on the Hodeg Mishapishu connection, which we'll cover more in our next episode, uh, Hodeg Origins. Then our good buddy Barnaby Jones will be speaking at 1 p.m. He is from Wisconsin Caps Cryptid Anomalies Paranormal Society. Yeah, he's like. A modern-day Van Helsing. Yeah. He's, like he's always on the hunt for Bigfoot. and he, he was here a couple years ago. He found quite a bit of evidence. Bigfoot about, evidence? Yeah, here. Uh, you know, he might have been misconstruing Bigfoot evidence, for, you know, that was actually... That was probably Hodeg stuff. Probably Hodeg. Yeah, Hodeg. Sure. <laughs> and I think this... Is this your favorite part, Carrie? 
the historical Hodeg bus tours. Yeah, the first ever Hodeg history bus tours. So you get on a Hodeg bus uh, sponsored by Bowen's Bus Service here in Rhinelander. The bus has a Hodeg on it. I mean, it has to, right? Yeah. It's and that's a popular cool. bus that, that gets used around town. So you get on the bus and you take a 45 minute tour around Rhinelander to historic Hodeg sites. Uh, visit Gene Shepard's old residence. You get to go to Hodeg Park and see the um, historic uh, history marker that's there. You get to go past his grave. His grave site. Yeah, I don't want to give it all away because yeah. there's lots of fun stuff okay, on that Yeah, tour. we'll stop. Okay. And that is going to be happening at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and 3 p.m. And this is all free th- this whole this is, day. This is all free. All the events the, These free. bus seats are limited, though, so get there, come there, sign up if you want to be there. Let us know. Call Rachel at the chamber. You can sign up if you catch this podcast in time. Yeah, those seats are going fast, and I uh, hope there's some room. Uh, if there's a few seats left, day of, they're going to be first come, first serve. So what were that? What is it again? One, three, and... One, two, and three. One... P.M., 2 p.m., and 3 p.m. Hodeg History Bus Tour. Uno, dos, tres. All right. You know, maybe I lied about the pancake breakfast. Yeah, something else on there you really want? I think there's something else that might be my favorite new exciting thing that's happening. Every every event on the schedule just tops the next one, doesn't it? This is a classic Rhinelander staple. What is it already? Some have seen it before. Some haven't. It is the... World famous Jerry Scheidel Hodeg Gene Shepherd reenactment. Yes, Jerry Scheidel is a he's famous in the Hodeg world here in Rhinelander. He's been doing Gene Shepherd reenactments for years. So I would say before me and Carrie came along, it was Jerry. Yeah, Jerry was he had carried the Hodeg mantle. He still is carrying that Hodeg mantle. Yep, soon that baton will be passed and it'll be fully on us. I can't help but mention this little historic tidbit about Jerry Scheidel. He was at one time Rhinelander's youngest mayor. Really? How old? I I don't know. We'll have to ask him this weekend when we see him. Um he was a young guy, just barely old enough to grow a beard. Yeah, yeah. So I've, seven or eight, I think. Okay, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to find so, out. But yeah. yeah, he's doing the Hodeg, uh, the original Hodeg sideshow, Gene Shepard, Fairy and. Have you seen this before, Carrie? I've seen an early version of it, but I've heard that he's got all kinds of kind of new. He's going to change it fantastic up. So stuff planned. He's gonna. We're gonna time travel. I think it's gonna be go great. back to the heydays. Yeah, you're gonna want to come check it out May 21st Saturday at Pioneer Park in Rhinelander, and. What else is that? Is that it? I got one more thing here. Yeah. 4 p.m. We got a 10-piece band playing your favorite classic rock, R&B, R&B and jazz music, Hip Pocket. Hip Pocket. You know, it's not a party without some live music, right? Of course. And Hip Pocket puts on a great show. So to to wrap up the day after all these hodeg events, and there'll be hodegs running around throughout the day too. Yeah, you'll have plenty of opportunities to get your picture with a Hodeg mascot or two. Yeah, last year for the event, uh, the governor of Wisconsin declared May 21st State Hodeg Day. And I wonder if that's going to happen again. You'll have to come to the Hodeg Heritage Festival ceremony at 10 a.m. and uh, see if that information is divulged at that time. Okay, so I think that... No... No, I'm looking at my my cheat sheet here, and we didn't cover one very important thing going on here. 
uh, Hodeg Heritage Week. This is really cool. I, I don't, I'm sad to say I this almost slipped my mind. Thank goodness for documentation. Downtown Rhinelander Inc. is hosting a Hodeg scavenger hunt. And it starts at Tom Barnett's, uh, Tom's Drawing Board. That's a shop on Brown Street in Rhinelander. You go down to Tom's Drawing Board and you get a clue. And the clue is on the back of a Hodeg medallion. And then you figure that clue out, you go to the next clue, and I believe there's seven or ten clues. And I was asked to provide a couple of them, and I did not make them easy. Uh, and, and these, what, are hidden at different businesses? Yeah, hidden or? at different businesses around Rhinelander. Okay. I have a feeling the scavenger hunt, uh, even for the well-initiated, is going to take some serious thinking, a lot of Googling, maybe some phone calls. Uh, Tom assures me that nobody's going to get it before Thursday. Okay. And when can they start hunting for this? They can start tomorrow, uh, Monday. That's uh, May 16th, and they can start at any time throughout the week. So maybe really fast and you put it off till Wednesday. Just go down to Tom's Drawing Board on Brown Street in Rhinelander and get the first Hodag medallion. Check out the first clue. Jot it down. Figure it out. Go get the next one. And all of this ends at a secret location with a secret Hodag prize. I have seen this prize. It is epic. Yeah, it's going to be a coveted display. I can't wait to see who wins this. I, I, I'm tempted to try this myself, but I know a couple of clues. Yeah. So I'm uh, eliminated already. But get out there. Do this scavenger hunt. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you, along the way, you'll learn a lot about Rhinelander's history and Hodeg heritage. Well, Ben, I think that wraps up episode two of The Hodeg Show. I had a great time talking with you about hoed eggs today ben yeah i did too i hope uh, everybody listening uh, learned a thing or two about hoed eggs and uh, we'll stop by and listen to us next time yeah come join us at the big event this weekend saturday may 21st hoed egg heritage festival this is carrie and i am ben keep a lookout for hoed eggs this has been the, the hoed egg show thank you for listening to the hoed egg show be sure to like and follow us on the Hoed Egg Show Facebook and Instagram pages. If you have Hoed Egg-related questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed in future episodes, send us a message. You can find our show on Spotify, Apple, Google, and other podcast streaming services. Or you can go to thehoedeggstore.com. I'm Carrie, And I'm Ben. And this is The Hoed Egg Show, where everything is Hoed Egg.